got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm finally joined in a room filled with Bath fans. We've got the band back together. That's Tom. Hello, mate. And that's Charlie. Hello, Gabriel. Feels good to be back, boys. Yeah, it's nice to be back in Bath, all sat around the same chairs. We've had a couple of things on Tom and I over the past couple of weeks. Obviously, Gabe, you've got no life other than this podcast, <laughs> so you're here no matter what. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're here to, uh, to talk about Bath again, being being pretty useless. Yeah, well, good to be back, Charlie. Good to see you again, mate. And um, yeah, at 3.30 on Sunday, um, we were ahead. We were looking pretty good. I was really looking forward to this podcast. Still good to see you, boys, but uh, the spectre... Um, of another Bath defeat and ultimately um, missed opportunities, etc. Um, rear their ugly head again. So, um, yeah, and, good and to ha- be back. Just be tracking the needle here as well between you two. You beat uh, Charlie in our fancy rugby draft league this weekend to all but end his playoff hopes. Yeah. How is that? How's that being in the same room? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that was a pretty tough one, especially as uh, as I left left my man, Rory McConaughey, on my bench. Yeah, and that was, that a, was not a good call. <laughs> wrapped up a fantastic game, which I'm uh, sure we'll get on to. And but, uh, yeah. Joe Simmons, um, the, obviously the young buck, came in late for Gareth Steenson. Luckily, I was quick enough to... To, to change it over and then the only good thing I guess about him um, tearing it up as he did on Sunday was that I just knew that it was uh, another nail in your, your fantasy coffin Charlie yeah, you probably got alerts <laughs> on your phone and whatnot. You, uh, another another sad sad man over there but. <laughs> yeah if, I, if all I've got in my life is this podcast all Tom seems to have in his life is that fantasy rugby draft but anyway let's go on to some actual rugby and talk about the Bath game and Tom it's a, it's a 19 point defeat 29 points to 10 for Bath do you think the scoreline reflected the game? I think not really until about the 60-minute mark. I mean, uh, you know, we started really brightly. I think um, for the first 20 minutes or so, it was probably sort of the best we've looked all season, particularly when you consider um, how strong the opposition was. It was sort of um, reminiscent, I thought, and I mentioned this to Yuji mm. on the day, of that Leinster first-half performance at the rec where, you know, we're winning the collisions um, on the game line, both in attack and defence. Um, we saw... Uh, Gervin Dempsey um, holding the playbook mm. in the uh, <laughs> the playbook of dreams in the uh, in the halftime uh, dressing room, and it, it looked like that was starting to come out a little bit. But um, yeah, a number of things. I'd be interested to hear your boys' thoughts on this. I thought there were a number of sort of factors, all that sort of turned against us around um, the 50, 60 minute mark, that ultimately meant that yeah, not only did we lose by nineteen points, but there were twenty six unanswered points from Exeter. Bath failed to score after that Nathan Cat try on the 15-minute mark. So, uh, yeah, pretty major turning point and um, uh, f- felt like um, everything sort of went wrong um, after that point. Yeah, I think you're completely right, Tom. Uh, first half, especially, we looked we looked so, so good. It was a shame going into half-time being seven points down, especially as there were there were there was a huge amount of opportunities that, that that we left out on the field in that first half. Todd Blackadder came out after the game and uh, and, and and said that himself. Uh, and yeah, just just like you say, I just feel like the wheels started to come off 
largely because we hadn't made the most of those opportunities. Uh, and then we were trying to fling the ball around a bit mm. too much, trying to trying to create something out of nothing a bit too much. Uh, and it just resulted in, you know, the extra, that, that Ollie Woodburn try, I think, sums it all up. Uh, for those of you who, who didn't see it, it was uh, Freddie Burns trying to do a crossfield kick that wasn't really ever on. Conaghy had had you know, no option but to, to you know, tap the ball back in field, bounced up to an extra player a couple of phases later. Uh, you know, Ollie Woodburn's just strolled in to dot, dot the ball down and it just it all seemed a bit chaotic. Yeah, to be honest, I, I think this is a, a really simple game to analyse. And, and I've spoken to this with you, Tom. And I think it's a really even game. Like, look, if you look through the majority of the statistics, the possession, the territory, the penalty count, the metres made, the clean breaks, all of those sort of statistics which tend to tell you who's going who's gonna to come out on top... It's all pretty even. We're, we're ahead in all those mm. all those things you mentioned. Yeah. Exactly. It just comes down. The, the difference between the two sides is, is the clinicality. And Todd Blackadder loves using the word execution. But that's what it is. It's just a lack of that. And I spoke on last week's podcast about how we're going to have to get, maintain field possession. We're going to have to keep a discipline down. But we're going to have to be clinical when we get our chances. And we just weren't. And, and an extra fair play to them just were. They just have good execution. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> Where does that come from? We've been sitting on that one. Is that just... No, it just, just came to me right now, I thought. <laughs> that's an absolute cracker. But yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. They, they just executed, um, you know, as they should with a name like that, as you say, far yeah. better th- than Bath did. Yeah, I mean, there's just an inevitability, both about the fact that they will score um, when they get sort of in that red zone and that we will somehow uh, cough it up. Gee, we were watching the game and, you know, you, you were saying when we're getting close, you know, bets on, um, not bets on who's going to score, but bets on uh, who is going to mm. sort of cough the ball up, give away a penalty, um, etc. And, and, you know, Charlie, you mentioned some of the, the some of the sort of guilt-edged opportunities that we had. Um, Zach Mercer um, was tackled out to touch by Jack Nowell. He also dropped... Um, the, the sort of the sort of pass earlier on in the first half, which would have given him a two on one, a simple two on one with with Will Chudley, who yeah. was who was outside him. The other one that sticks out in my mind, boys, um, was the uh, the Charlie Yule's um, yeah. break. Um, you know, he yeah. got stripped by I think it was Joe Simmons, it's much San, smaller man. Santiago Cordero, Cordero, I think so, even yeah, smaller. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, much smaller man gets stripped, and for me, that's just that's just careless on, on our part. Um, big Joe Thokinasiga as well went through clean break men outside him um, and Nick White comes in with what was a great covering tackle um, but you know Thokinasiga's holding the ball in, in one hand and uh, sort of fumbles it forward and the more we started to um, give up these opportunities the more you saw that Exeter was starting to rally behind the fact that um, they can hold us out they had the mental um, edge and you know the more that happened the less likely it was that we were going to be able to score and get ourselves back in the game in that second half yeah and you, you're completely right Tom again but it, it's it's again we've spoken about uh, you know mental capacity over the past couple of weeks and it, that's what it seems uh, that, that's, what, that's what it seems to me as well Tom you know when we when we start to let these opportunities slip us by we, you know, it, that, that that does have an extreme mental effect on a mm. team. You you start you start to get frustrated. You know, you you see it. Uh, you see it at all, all levels of sport. People might start to bicker a little a little in the team, and it, it just it can it can drive a drive a bit of a, a bit of a, a cleft down the middle of the of the team. Yeah, I think it does kind of feel inevitable when when, when Bath get into the five meter line that we are going to cough it up. And and aside from from the mental issue, um, mm. which I do think played a part, but but not so much this week as it has in other weeks i've kind of highlighted a few areas where 
why I think yeah. um, we sort of were coughing up. And I'll, I'll run you guys, I'll run them past you guys now and, and let me know what you think. And, and first of all, what I will say is, um, is credit to Exeter's defence. I think especially their mall defence um, on a couple of occasions where we've got uh, sort of line out on the five metre line um, and, and their mall defence is, is really good. And it, it's a lack of execution from us, but I think as well credit to them. Um, so I will say that before I start. But um, first, I, th- I think it's a lack of patience a lot of the time. Um, often we get into the opportunity and instead of doing what X to do um, in keeping the ball tight and going through the phase and waiting for it to come, we often sort of try to force the opportunity. And we've spoken about that a number of occasions. Um, and, and, and part of that, I think, is a lack of control at the base. And, and I don't think um, Will Chudley had his best game. I think he, he would admit that himself. And I, I do think at times it looked really frantic at the base. And that sort of translates to all the forwards. And if passes are sort of flying out and, and, and there's no control from the scrum half, I do think that that, that kind of feeds into the, the lack of patience and the need to sort of try and force it. Um, and the final thing I will say as well, I think we should have taken the points um, a little bit more th- than we did. And, and I know you can re- sort of come back at that by saying you need to score tries against Exeter because because they are going to. But um, just continuously going for the line out uh, when it's failed so often. I, th- I think I tweeted out that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And at times it yeah. did feel like we were yeah. doing that. Even take the scrum, do something different than going to the line out, going to the front man and, and getting pushed out. It was driving me insane. I think if we'd taken those points on a couple of different occasions, like at the on the stroke of half time, 17-13 is a closer game. And, and whilst they did run away with that at the end, I think if we'd taken the points, like we did against Saracens last week, I think we would have had a, a far better opportunity of winning that game. So, so that's why I think they're the main points that I think why, why it went wrong, guys. I, I agree with you, and especially on that, the, the decision at half-time, just, just before half-time. Uh, as, as you say, if you'd taken that three points, it's, it's 17-13, and it doesn't make that next score in the first half so pivotal. Uh, and mm. uh, it, when, when, when you're seven points behind, behind you... you you're really scrambling, and 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 you, yeah, you you're looking for that for that killer blow to completely bring you back into the game. And if it if it slips beyond that, beyond that one score mark, then uh, you know the the way that the opposition is able to play the game as well changes. And mm. uh, it, it it yeah, the game just seemed to fall into their lap in that in that respect. Yeah, I, I'm just going to pick up on um, the two points you made, G, in turn. Just firstly, I think. Um, on the on the sort of scrum half point and, and being a bit frantic when we get in the red zone. I, I completely um, agree with you. I, I don't think um, Chudley had his best game, but I think it's worth making the point that there is a fine line between getting quick ball and mm. not allowing the, the defence to reset. We've spoken about how strong the extra defence is. If you can, um, if you allow the defence to get back behind the gain line, almost like shift the momentum back onto the front foot, it does make that carrying sort of um, a lot harder. And we saw the Nathan Cat try. Um, he was very quick to pick up the ball um, at the base. The defence hadn't had the chance to reset and that was why he was able to um, bust his way over the line. The other point I'd make on that is that... Uh, I've been critical of, of Fotoli um, in in weeks gone by. Um, you know, he's obviously a class operator and has been for a number of seasons. But I just think he comes on and and he doesn't quite look like he has control of the game. We saw a couple mm. of charge downs. Um, I don't think potentially he's um, fully, for whatever reason, um, playing as fluently um, as he has done in the past. And we've been so complimentary of, of Max Green when he's played. And I almost feel like he's fallen so far out of favour after, you know, what was a disastrous cameo um, in that last minute loss against Northampton Saint at mm. Franklin's Gardens that 
he you know he, he's almost been discounted from the from the 23 um, because of that and now we've got Fotoli playing who for me is off the pace and you know we we talk about the need for for quick ball and the need for control um I don't really think he's 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 bringing that at the moment. Um, no, personally, I, I don't think he's he's having his best season for so I think you know that that's quite obvious to say. He has been fantastic for us. I think that's that season when he first joined um, two or three years ago. He, he was the player of the year and and by far our best player. But I, I do agree. I do think he's he's sort of fallen off a lot quicker than I think he and yeah. the coaches expected. Yeah. And I think it's the same point to make about the kicking for points. I, mm. I completely agree that, um, you know, we saw against the Saracens game, which you mentioned, Reese Priestland's kicking was was really good for the most part. I think he only missed one. Um, he, was, he was six from seven that day. Um, and, and for some reason, there was just this inability to, to, to want to go for the points. I think it's the same point. We're almost frantically trying to trying to get the tries. Like the mall wasn't well set and we were trying to push it over and Exeter were getting um, players in. There's just um, an overall case, I think, in everything we do of sort of blue, black and white fever. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and it's, 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 it's just something that, you know... Blue, black and white line fever. Blue, black and white line fever, sorry, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah... <laughs> It's, yeah. it's 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 really frustrating. Yeah, it's certainly. Uh, I I don't think I don't think either halfback, uh, either of our halfbacks had particularly great games, and that's always going to be telling in a final result. I think Priestland as well. It should be said, you know that that miss kick, uh, that miss kick to touch, which uh, which resulted in Exeter yeah. moving all the way up the field, eventually scoring, and it just. It was just it was just certain aspects of his game. He took he took a he took a knock quite early on, and I didn't know if that if that seemed to affect him. Uh, yeah. Uh, in in his in his running play, just, but... just on his missed kick. Sorry, Charlie. I'll just interrupt you. And I think I think that was kind of a, an example of us compounding compounding errors. Like we've done it so many times, and it's such a it's such a it's such a, a flaw in our game because he misses kick. He misses his kick. Goes out um, dead. Fine. Okay. It's it's a mistake. But what you want to do then is not make the next mistake in the game. And what happens? It's a scrum. Exit a penalty, and they kick it down into our twenty-two. It's literally an eighty-meter yeah. uh, sort of momentum shift in that game, and we can't continue to compound errors. Mm. I think BT Sport had a, a graphic come up um, sort of midway through the second half, and it was four penalties in three minutes for Bath. Yeah. That's just not sustainable. You can't you can't afford to do that. You're not going to win games, especially against Exeter, if you're doing that. Yeah, I think that was in the lead up to the uh, to the penalty try yeah, and Benabana's yeah. bin. Uh, yeah, it's just... And, and it, look, exactly, look what happened. We, we, we give away four penalties in a row uh, in a short space of time. We're, we're down to 14 and you know, the game's completely out of sight. Yeah, Tom, did you think actually that that, that that penalty try was the sort of turning point in the game or, or do you think it was already slipping out of our grasp? I, I, yeah, I think the game had not gone, but I think the momentum had shifted previously to that. The other sort of third point I was going to bring up, um, G, obviously you're listing sort of things that, that went wrong, was exactly that discipline. Mm. Um, I think we were, Exeter were giving away plenty of penalties in that first half and we were really unable to, to capitalise on them for, for the reasons we've spoken about, both not, not uh, taking the option of the three points um, and also just not having that clinical edge, um, particularly, I thought, uh, at more time but I think it was when the referee um, started to look at us unfavourably particularly um, at the breakdown but also at the scrum um, after Henry Thomas went off yeah. early on I think that was the the main thing because gee I, I mentioned this probably four or five times um, on the on the podcast we did um, the preview podcast we did last week and that was that we needed to to play in the right areas and one way that means that you just cannot do that is if you're just giving away penalties and, and you know Joe Simmons is, is just is just pinning you back in, in your 22. Yeah, and compounding errors like we saw with that Priestley kick. They make a mistake, give away the penalty and, and before they know it, they're, they're sort of driving us. Um, 
from inside our 22. Should I just say, should we just wind up with a, a fair, you know, we've had a decent moan about this. Mm. Should we, I think there's a couple more things probably to pick out potentially, but I think there were as well, um, you know, good things to, yeah. to pick out. Just before, I'm not sure how you're going to answer this. This could, this could go either way. And as the resident tight head prop of the group, what did you make of, of Anthony Peronise's performance? Because as you say, uh, Henry Thomas went on much, uh, went off, sorry, much earlier than, than we would have liked uh, due to, a, I think a hamstring uh, strain or, yeah, or ankle, ankle, ankle yeah. an ankle injury. So um, what did you make of Peronise? Obviously not used to starting and not used to putting in a, a sort of 60 minute performance. How yeah. did you rate him? I, th- I thought, um, his performance was mixed, to be honest. So he came on in the 13th minute. As you say, he's not actually played that much first-team rugby this season. So um, for him to have to uh, play 67 minutes... And when minutes he has, it's all been is... off the bench, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I, I mentioned the quality that, um, you know, in Thomas Francis, Luke Cowan Dickey, and the young lad, Billy Keith, who's academy guy who looks good, the extra have um, on the bench. Um, and, you know, when Perunisa came on, I said, you know, this is, this is not good. I think David Flatman tweeted out saying, we'll see... Um, the value of Henry Thomas mm. now, um, because I guess implying that Peronese might might struggle. And I think for the remainder of that first half, he probably was targeted at scrum time. And I tweeted out at half time saying it's a massive second 40 for, for Peronese. And I was actually going to mention this sort of in the positives yeah. um, section that we'll do, because I thought in the um, in the second 40, he acquitted himself really well. Um, yeah. We even had a couple of scrum penalties go our way. Um, I thought he was also one of the, one of the stronger carriers um, um, in the bath pack. So um, yeah, um, props to Peronise, to pardon the pun, because I think he, um, uh, yeah, he, d- he did a really good job in that second half. Yeah, although it, it, that, yeah, it's true, although he, he he was at fault for missing the tackle on Yendel. That was the only thing I was In the first half, was, yeah. Yeah, in yeah. the first half, you know, it was 37 minutes, I believe, and that's it's it's a it's a killer blow just just before half time. Yeah, it, it I think let that, the game get away from us. It was so worrying at that point because it did oh. look as though he he was already tiring at, and we knew he had to play the next forty. So I think it is sort of impressive that he did manage to acquit himself well. I, I agree with you, Tom. In the second half, I don't think it was just Peronese that was tiring either. You know, yeah. we about half an hour in, um, you know, said to each other that we we're, we're matching Exeter here for physicality. We, um, you know, Henry Thomas actually noted before the game in the pre-match interview that Sandy Park's the widest uh, pitch in the Premiership. So um, defending left to right, um, and particularly when you're going backwards, is very, very tiring on the legs as a defender. So um, I-, I felt like, particularly the guys who've been out injured and haven't played as much, mm. so I'm thinking particularly of, of Tom Ellis um, and Charlie Yules. Um, I thought those guys looked like they were tiring sort of towards the end of the first yeah, half, which hot, was... Hot um, day as well. Yeah, yeah, which was obviously... Um, obviously fairly worrying and that's why extra is so good yeah because they've just got these guys who can go all day and you know they don't some of them don't even look like they've um they're the fittest guys in the world like someone like harry williams um he was i thought he, he had a really good game particularly in the loose and he's a big guy but he's mm. clearly got um some engine on him and yeah credit to the uh, i guess the fitness and the, and the strength conditioning coaches at extra because um you know these guys are are really fit and can do the full 80 and i don't think um, we were quite at that level and, and, and that's yeah. another factor why I think we weren't able to put in the full 80 minute performance yeah, I, I think the back five of, of their scrum is full of sort of you know maybe not standout performers maybe not standout carriers or, or standout ball players it's full of workhorses heavy guys uh, yeah heavy yeah. workhorses Ewers and, and, Armand and, mm. and Kvesic's a, a big old back row and, and they get around as well yeah. they work all day they work all day and I, I think that was a, a real difference and why they were sort of able to put points on us um, sort of in the last 20 minutes um, moving on then to, to a couple um 
um, more positives. And, and, and instead of talking about it, um, we might as well just sort of insert Rory McConaughey praise here <laughs> from another podcast. Charlie, he was outstanding again. Yeah, he just looked he looked, he looked fantastic, didn't he? Uh, I think he had a, over 150 metres made, uh, nine defenders beaten. Uh, and a handful of clean breaks. He, he just he, he looked unplayable. Five clean breaks in Five ten carries. Breaks. Ten carries. One hundred and fifty-four meters. That is mm. ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Sorry, think, I think. Go on. Go no, on. No, no. I, I just think. Uh, I think it, it, he was he was electric from the start, and that's what I think. That's what I think was so uh, was so important as well, because I think he he really sort of set the tone. Mm. Uh, for Bath's per- first half performance, you know he he, he made that he, he made that um, lovely line, uh, which was resulted in that first break, leading eventually to uh, to the uh, to, to the Nathan Cat try. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I I just thought he he, he looked he looked un- unstoppable, untackable. He was able to wriggle his way out of every situation. And uh, so, so strong, isn't he? That I t- every time I see him, I sort of see a new aspect to his game, which I didn't really know he had. And he's becoming such a well-rounded sort of rugby player. Like, and we spoken a lot about his his sevens background Mm -hmm. and i do think the one thing Mm -hmm. i said this to you tom the one thing uh that that has been a that's helped him with in the 15s is that he can do everything because in sevens you obviously you have to make your one-on-one tackles you have to be able to ruck you have to do you know some 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 clear out work at the the breakdown you have to uh know you know about carrying it and staying on your feet and waiting for your support and Instead, like you look at some of the rugby league guys, for example, that come over, that's just not in their game. But because he's had yeah. that sevens background, he's he's such a well-rounded rugby player. He seems comfortable in every situation yeah. that's that, that he's put into. You know, yeah, whether that be defending, mm. uh, having to defend on a, on a five-meter ruck or whatever it yeah. may be, he's 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 happy to even get over the ball and and, and try his utmost to, to stop everything that's that's being put in front of him. Yeah, he was fantastic. I, yeah. I, I just I just can't keep nothing. Can't even appraise on Roy McConaughey. He, he, he's just ridiculous, and I completely agree. Every time I watch him, um, I see something different. At first, it was the high ball play. Um, then it was sort of the balanced running and just the just the easy beating of of defenders. And now, more recently, yeah, as you say, it's just been the strength, mm. like his ability. He's not a massive bloke either, but it's just his ability um, just to break through tackles. And he's got tacklers hanging off him, and he's just he's just still carrying. It's it's just ridiculous. And I think um, you know if, if we were going to do uh, a potential player of the year award right now, mm. there are a few Definitely. candidates in my mind. So. Um, yeah, McConaughey, um, Will Chudley for me would be in the nominations. He probably wouldn't wouldn't top it. Nathan Cat, um, Zach Mercer as well, um, and I think McConaughey, if he continues like this this season, um, yeah, he could potentially be, be our standout player for this season when we look back. Yeah, a little spoiler alert for the for the last podcast of the season after the grand final victory, but um, we'll come to that when <laughs> when we get to it. Just to just to talk a little bit actually now about um, we spoke a lot about McConaughey there, and I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, Thok and Asiga's performance. Um, and I, I think there may be a sort of tendency here to, to be quite critical of Thok and Asiga, but, but I wouldn't be, I don't think. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I think McConaughey got a lot more ball than Thok and Asiga, and part of that was sort of his own doing um, and, and just the way the attack sort of went. I think he got slightly uh, luckier that the ball was going that way a bit often, and he also found himself, you know, he created the space for himself to be passed to. But I do think that, that, that Thok and Asiga coming up against Jack Now, it was a yeah. really big day for him defensively, and I think both of them sort of cancelled each other out. I thought Now marshaled Thok and Asiga really nicely, and I think Thok and Asiga marshaled Now really nicely, and I, I don't think we saw the best of, of Jack Now either so whilst well, we may I, I, not have seen I don't know I thought Jack Now I, I thought Jack Now had a great game I thought he, he's defensively he, though yeah he's, he's, the, he's the best defensive back three player in the mm. league 
I would I'd agree with that, but I, that's what I mean. I think defensively, but he wasn't allowed to do anything sort of with ball in hand, I don't think. And I think a part of that was yeah. not going to see he defended him well. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think Noel made a lot of, a, a lot of hard yards and it, it's, it's, it, it's well known about Jack Noel that he does go looking for work. Bingo. And so he, he manages... He does, bingo, that's exactly what I was going to say. Does, does Big Joe do that? No, and he doesn't. This is no. what this is what I want to, to, yeah. to, to talk about, really. And I, I know what you're saying, Gabriel. Mm. It's it's very easy to to criticise a man when his opposite, uh, well, not his opposite number, but the, the the opposite winger on his team has has had such a fantastic game. Uh, but I, I just feel that Tokunasiga can either look, as you've said many a time, Gabriel, like an absolute generational talent mm. and looks simply unplayable, but. Other times he just he just goes missing far too much, and I, I just feel in a game like that he needs to go looking for that work off his wing, and you know, perhaps take take some pressure off off the halfbacks if he's able to pop up in midfield and and run over the top of Joe Simmons, and it's it's it's, it's gonna hmm. it's gonna give Reese Priestland a, a, an easier day, but no better 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 distribution from his part. And Is, I just I just I just do you think that's a a thock and a seagull, or do you think that's sort of a game plan thing where he, he's being sort of maybe not told not to do that, but maybe not encouraged as much, and maybe being told to stay on his wing and wait for the opportunity because when he gets it, he's often so deadly. I think his lack of experience, um, obviously being a very young guy, sometimes means that um, he's not always in the right position defensively, and I think that um, you know. It is part of the reason why maybe he doesn't go looking for it mm. in the same way as Rocco Daguni, because I think he's he's not quite as confident um, as sort of more experienced wingers like, for example, Jack Now in his position. So, um, and obviously, sort of rule number one for a winger in defence is that you need to be in the right position. If you go looking um, for work and, and one of the big boys knocks it on, um, suddenly you go wide and there's a there's a two man th- two man overlap. People mm. quickly forget that you've been you know you've had good intentions going looking for the ball and you quickly get slated for for not yeah. not guarding your wing. So I think it is something that will improve with time, but it's, you know, it's definitely an element of his game that he needs to work on because he's just, he's just so dangerous. And if he can yeah. incorporate that into his game, become more comfortably, more comfortable positionally, um, then yeah, all, 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 all the better for Bath. Yeah, I, t- I take your point 100%, Charlie, but I, I do think he, he, he had a good game defensively and wasn't found out, which perhaps may have been the case, um, you know, previously in his career. And, and on the other wing, I, I will just say, you know, Woodburn may, may have got his try, um, but I do think McConaughey got the better of him, certainly when, when Woodburn was defending. I mean, the way he went past him with ease on a number of occasions. I mean, yeah. You mentioned those five clean breaks. I think, you know, a couple of them at least were, were against Woodburn tackles. So um, whilst on one wing, I think now did a really good job. I think Woodburn in defence yeah. perhaps struggled, but then got the try, got the bonus point try. So he's yeah. doing his job. I, th- I thought another man who was um, really good on the outside break and had his best game, I think, since he's come back from injury was was Jonathan Joseph. Mm. Sort of in the lead up certainly to that. Certainly first half. Yeah, yeah, in the lead up to that. That, um, that Nathan Catra, he obviously got that outside break and, and managed to offload to um, to Tom Ellis, and I thought he looked um, he looked pretty pretty like pretty electric, uh, you know, as quick as he's been. His feet looks as good as he's been since um, um, since he's uh, since since when he's come back. And uh, yeah, certainly for that first half, thought mm. potentially got the better of um, of, of Saint Henry Slade. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Couple, sorry, Charlie, have you got anything no, no, else to no. say? Yeah, couple more positives um, from me before we uh, sort of wrap up. Uh, this little review of the extra game and then we've got a little game uh, to come to finish off the podcast but yeah two more positives from me and uh, well three actually one of them you've mentioned and all came from shots um, of inside the bath dressing room at half time <laughs> um, so firstly that the playbook of dreams which I think you mentioned earlier in the podcast Tom that Gervin Dempsey was grasping there secondly uh, Max Laheef with his top off was uh, a sight to behold in that changing <laughs> I mean why is he why is he got his top off 
<laughs> Why? Even, because he knows the cameras are there. He's not even playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not. Even, he's literally come to get his top off in the changing room for that camera. Yeah, they've had chinos and, and blazers. What do the uh, travelling reserves wear now? They just go around just, in just the, a couple just of budgie smugglers. Yeah, budgie smugglers. Exactly. I think he'd he he definitely be all for that. I think yeah. maybe some some of the guys like Matt Garvey yeah. potentially wouldn't. <laughs> Why was I thinking Matt Garvey as well? Why was I thinking Matt Garvey now? And finally, and this is definitely the most positive thing to come out of the weekend, and that was seeing Anthony Watson in boots and shorts in the halftime. And, and I believe he, he warmed up with the players yeah. beforehand, did a full week's training as well. So he cannot be far away. And, and maybe the clash at Twickenham in two weeks' time will be the return of Super Anthony Watson. So something to get excited about, Bath fans, after what was another pretty disappointing defeat. Is that is that tempting fate slightly too much yeah, to, uh, to, <laughs> to, to put him straight back in at Twickenham where, where, where it all went wrong? Yeah, yeah maybe. I, I think just... Well, we got those two tries in the first... Um, yeah. First, first uh, version of the clash, like late on. Do you remember that yeah. Banahan offload? So yeah. hopefully it'll be Amazing. more like more like that kind of day for him. Can I, can I just mention before we finish, mm-hmm. you very quickly, the other England guy, Sam Underhill, who we we spoke about, obviously came on um, for, for I think it was about 25, 25 minutes, and his first um, <gasps> act Boom. in the game. <laughs> I mean, definitively proved that he hasn't lost an ounce of that physicality that we've seen. Harry Williams. Um, rampaging like a rampaging rhino um, down the 10 channel um, straight at Reese Priestland I think Reese Priestland saw his uh, saw his eyes in his rugby career um, <laughs> sort of flat, flash, flash before his eyes a little bit and then Sam Underhill just came in and absolutely mm-hmm. lifted him off the floor in almost a, um, a WWE style Ross Batty um, move <laughs> um, obviously perfectly legal though and um, yeah I thought that was a, 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 a good sign both for Bar fans and for England so yeah, beautiful. Fans, beautiful. beautiful welcome back Sam right let's move Move away from the Exeter game now and move on to something which I've prepared, which is a little bit of Bath rugby over and unders. <laughs> so how this is going to work, I'm going to start off um, by asking you guys a question. You're both going to write down the answer to your question. That's going to be a number. And the person, um, the person who is closest uh, gets to go first in saying if the next, next thing is over or under that first number. And we'll take it in turns. Um, I'll try and keep score and uh, yeah, play along at home and, and hope you enjoy us and hope this is uh, reasonably clear. So you, you're going to keep short score. I'll yeah, keep just score. make sure I'll that Tom's not keeping score. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that needle from Fats <laughs> Rummage Jar would come in somewhere and there it is. <laughs> right. Um, you can you just because you can only beat me at who am I? All the other oh, quizzes you've, you've fallen down. We're not doing who am I again, by the way. Many a thing. <laughs> right. Okay. So first thing to see who gets to go first in this Bath Rugby over unders, and that is Bath Rugby's total points in the Gallagher Premiership this season. Um, Quickly write that down, and whoever's closest takes control. Um, got a number. Yeah, just stab. Charlie? Uh, 200. No, no, sorry, 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 sorry. Points as in, you get four for a win, and then bonus points. Oh, right. As oh. in points, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, not I points you meant I did the so same thing, 134, by the way, we'll be top of the league by our, in, yeah. our, in our minds, Charlie. Um, sorry, yeah, so total points in terms of... Um, how many league points we have? Yeah. League points, yeah, sorry. Uh, I wish we had 200 I'm pretty sure points. I know the answer to this. I think I know the answer to this as well. 39. 39. Okay, oh. right. We'll Charlie, move on. Charlie, you go first. You go okay, first. Charlie, you go first. <laughs> right, that worked. Um, okay, so the first figure that you have to get um, is Reese Priestland's caps for Wales over or under 39? Over. Correct. 43? 50 caps for Wales for right. Reese Priestland. Yeah. Okay, one point for Charlie. Right, Tom. 
the number of players in Bath's first team squad, according to the website as of today, over or under 50? First team senior squad. First team senior squad. Or get under. Correct. 47. 1.0. Right, Charlie. Next one. Freddie Burns is premiership points this season. Over or under 47? Under. No. You are a horrible bloke. He's got 78. He's got 78. I knew that would catch you out. Could have had 83. Remains at 1 0, yeah. Wow. Premiership points. Premiership points. That's decent. Yeah, it's fair, fair play. 78. And you gave him a 47. Well, because I knew you'd go under. You looked into my eyes then and thought, I know what he's doing here. Right, Tom. Total points scored by Oli Devoto whilst at Bath Rugby. Oh. Over or under 78? Hmm. Did he used to do much of the kicking? He would have kicked occasionally. How many seasons was he there? Two or three seasons. I reckon that's quite close, but I'm going to go under. Oh, yeah, it is. It's only 50, actually. Okay. So comfortably under. So Tom into a 2-1 lead. Uh. Okay, 50. Is the age of Bath owner Bruce Craig over or under 50? Uh, over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 56, Super Bruce. Uh, so 2-2. Two, two. Um, next one, Tom. Matt Banahan's premiership tries for Bath. Uh, over or under 56? It's premiership tries. Premiership oh, tries. Premiership tries. Premiership yeah, so tries. I was say, he's got, he's, he had 100 in mm, total, didn't but he? Premiership tries. Over. Correct. 62. Oh. Tom's keeping it in. 3-2 lead. Charlie. Over or under 62. The minute of the penalty try and resultant Ben Urbano sin bin on Sunday. Over or under 62. Oh, God. Uh, it was... Over. Six, oh, it's 65. the 60th. Oh, oh. No. So 3-2, Tom, this, this, this for the victory. Um, over or under 60, Anthony Watson's total points for England. Oh, I saw this the other day in the Six Nations. Oh. He's second top try scorer under Eddie Jones. Um, 60. So that's... You can surely do that. That's only, 12, that's only 12 tries. I think he's got a few more than that. Over. Correct. 75 points. Yeah. Tom wins it 40. Oh, comfortable. That comfortable. Was. You didn't get one wrong. Fair play to you, Tom. Second time I've lost to Tom in, in, a, in a week. Pardon? Uh, 75. Yeah. So uh, 15 tries. I think Johnny Mays on like 21 or something. Mm. And the last one was going to be Dan Lyle. Saw him on Sunday doing the BT coverage. Appearances for Bath, which was the highest of the lot, which was 82. Great to see Dan doing some work for BT. Yeah, I thought you did a really good job, yeah, actually. Yeah, really interesting stuff. Um, right then guys that just about caps off uh, this week's podcast hope you enjoyed it um, thank you very very much for listening it's great to have the band back together we hope you, um, you you enjoy listening and please do if you did please do rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts but as I always say most importantly is please tell your mates because it's the only way we've got of spreading the word so if there is another Bath fan in your life which doesn't know about the podcast then please just let him know um, and hopefully we'll be able to give him a little Tuesday morning pick me up as well therapy sessions yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> that's what we're here yeah. for no, it's free ne- ne- next free ne- therapy and 
and we're, we're saying next week we'll be um, over in our overly optimistic moods previewing the uh, the remaining games um, yeah, so of I, the yeah, of the back, Premiership. Back, as usual, next week. I think next week we're also looking to do a little review um, of Bath's ins yeah. and outs, and maybe focus on an air, a couple of areas where we feel the squad still needs to be strengthened. And of course, we'll be focusing. You know, if the Bath marketing team haven't told you enough about the clash, then we'll also uh, fill you in with our thoughts on that as well. Uh, so do join us then. In the meantime, enjoy the Champions Cup quarterfinal weekend without the stress of a Bath game. Uh, and thanks for listening. Thanks, Charlie. Cheers, Gabe. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, mate.